The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com I'm Neil Zacharias and you're listening to Eat for the Planet. On this show, we try to answer the question, how can we eat in a way that nourishes us without starving the planet? The show features conversations with food industry leaders, health and sustainability experts, as well as entrepreneurs and creative minds who are redefining the future of food. Matt Tullman is the CEO of Alpine Organics, a company on a mission to provide every individual who eats plant-based with the knowledge about and access to the essential nutrients required to thrive. Their first product, Complement, is a nutrient spray packed with B12, vitamin D, and the omega-3 fatty acids DHA and EPA. Like many of the guests I've had on this podcast, Matt came into the world of plant-based food due to a personal experience that shook the foundation of his preconceptions about what a healthy diet meant. From a heartbreaking personal tragedy, Matt launched himself on a journey to improve his own health and spread his knowledge with as many people as possible. This led him to get involved with Matt Frazier at No Meat Athlete and dive deeper into the world of nutrition. In this conversation, we get into Matt's background as an entrepreneur, the major gap in plant-based nutrition, and how he turned this into an opportunity through Alpine Organics. He also discusses the growing connection between personal health and environmental health, and his mission to provide solutions for people who are trying to live more sustainably but have struggled with going plant-based. If you are interested in the growing trends in plant-based nutrition and learning more about how Matt turned his personal passion for health into a growing business, listen in. Matt Tallman, thank you for joining us on the Eat for the Planet podcast. Thank you for having me. It's really a privilege to speak to your audience and welcome to Boulder. Hopefully we don't get interrupted by any uh, sounds of nature, wildlife. I would welcome any sounds of wildlife and nature, and hopefully we can capture some sounds of them in the background as well. So, uh, Firstly, thank you for having me here. It's uh, exciting to talk to you about um, your journey that's brought you to the point where you are doing some fascinating new things in the food world. Um, and I think one of the main reasons I thought this would be a really interesting conversation is I think in the age that we are right now, um, there's so much misconception about nutrition, about food, about healthy eating. And while the good news is, and we've talked a lot about that on this show, that people are trying to eat more plant-based foods. 39% of Americans want to eat more plants. Uh, most people are cutting down on meat and dairy and eggs and seafood. 
but there still is a lot of confusion around what is healthy food and not. And um, unfortunately, we're at a point in this country and this planet that um, waiting around till we find some perfect diet is not going to really help us because we uh, are somewhat in a race against time, both from a planetary standpoint as well as uh, when it comes to our health crisis in this country and globally, actually. So um, I really, I, your story really touches on on most of those issues and especially some of the new work that you're doing. So why don't we kind of start with um, kind of your entrepreneurial background uh, and, and what led you to even start thinking about health? Sure. Well, let me say that I think uh, for many entrepreneurs out there, health is the farthest thing from their uh, worldview, just because they're so focused on the bottom line, on the next day, on the next project. And uh, I was certainly one of those. I, I didn't think about health. Um, I certainly took mine for granted. I really did everything I could to sort of redline as much as I could in a day, which generally included a lot of caffeine um, and not a lot of food, certainly not a lot of good food. And it was really through an awakening, which we can get into, that, that really kind of changed that. Um, but in hindsight, actually, it's, it's remarkable how much I think my career has been leading up to this because I've been doing self-experimentation for, for a long, long time, um, some of which were, was crazy, a lot of you know, meat for the creatine and just mm-hmm. stuff that you know, I cringe to think about now. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what, what obviously led me here. So um, in terms of my, my career, I started off in the policy world and then uh, went into investing other people's money in the form of venture capital and uh, then started pitching my own ideas. At the time, I was really focused on education. Mm-hmm. I think education still today and, and obviously now I think more so about nutrition education. But generally speaking, I, I think it is probably our single greatest weapon against all of these intractable ills that society faces. You know, the the softer ones, the harder ones, I just think if you have a highly educated populace, you're going to solve more problems. You're going to have an overall happier society. Yeah. And so I was really focused on that, and, and we started an education company trying to help schools um, revolutionize the teaching and learning environment. Mm-hmm. So started off with uh, software, and then we were told quickly, hey, we have no hardware. So then we had to help them figure out the the financial issues to bring tablets and, and Chromebooks and everything into the classroom. And once we did that, we figured out that there was no Wi-Fi. So we had mm-hmm. to figure out, you know, uh, the infrastructure problem. And then finally we, we lined up those pieces. And then still we had the, the greatest hurdle, which was professional development, you know, mm-hmm. helping teachers who had been in the classroom for 35 years and some of whom were still using the same lesson plans, yeah. you know, despite the fact that, you know, for instance, the Middle East has been remade seven times over and they hadn't <laughs> changed anything. I mean, seriously, the average age of a textbook is 11 years old. So it's, you know, when you think about how quickly the world is changing today, yeah. you know, we're teaching, you know, a decade old information. It's I mean, crazy. We're, we're in the age of information and yeah. our, our schooling system is always falling behind. Uh, and it, I just find, and we can't, we can, uh, we can easily make this entire podcast about education, <laughs> but I think that'll be, uh, we'll save that for another time. But I think that's an interesting point is that the world is changing at a pace much faster than we could have imagined. And there's the information about that is out there for everyone. Uh, yet our, our, our system that is um, 
created to educate the the, the future um, planetary leaders uh, severely lacks structure and um, also is kind of out of date. Yeah, and I also think that the focus is off, but we we don't have to dwell on yeah. education too long. Um, but maybe as a mm-hmm. as a lead into the conversation related to nutrition, yeah, you know, when you think about what what do we need to learn to be successful humans, right? That's not what we're taught in school, right? I mean, you always see the the, the jokes passed around on social media that, you know, we, we learn about geometry, but no one tells us how to balance a checkbook, mm. you know? And I think actually balancing a checkbook is, is um, you know, <laughs> woefully insufficient <laughs> when you consider the, the bigger questions that we face, like, what do we eat? Yeah. You know, what what should we do with our bodies on a daily basis to help maintain them for the duration of our life, right? There, There's, I mean, you know, I mean, PE, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's not even physical education. Like, <laughs> that's just playing dodgeball in a gym, you know? Like, they're not actually teaching us how do you manage your body? How do you fuel it? How do you grow it in a way that, you know, maximizes that human potential, Anyway, needless yeah. to say, I can go on and on, but maybe we should leave it there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and school, in one last point, I'll just do to wrap that or put a bow on that that idea and that thought um, is that we don't teach kids, uh, we don't teach kids the basics of uh, ecology. We don't teach them that we exist in this planet on a cycle where we're dependent on all other life forms and we're just part of it. And the other thing we don't teach is uh, how to build relationships. Mm. And so you don't learn about food. You don't learn about your place on this planet. And you don't know, learn how to deal with other human beings. Um, those are skills that people then suffer. You know, you end up struggling with those things down the line when things go wrong and uh, you kind of trying to make sense of your life. All the math skills and balancing the checkbook and and uh, and history isn't going to teach you how to be a, a, a normal human being or a well-functioning human being. So that's why health kind of connects back to this, and maybe that's my uh, super smart segue into the next discussion. But you had a you know you, we've talked about this before. Um, uh, for those listening, Matt and I know each other pretty well. So uh, I think what's important for people to understand is that. You had a big moment in your life, a personal crisis, something that you had to face that hopefully most people don't have to face in their lifetime. Um, and that then triggered something big in you. And, and can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, uh, as painful as it is. I know no, no, no. I mean, certainly I, I think we all have to learn from those moments. And, and the more that we talk about them, hopefully other people can learn from them without having to experience the, the pain. Um it wasn't even a crisis in my own life. It was one that I shared with my grandfather. And, uh, you know, as as serendipitous moments happen, um, I had just left my education company and uh, found the opportunity to support my grandfather through what was a quote-unquote routine surgery. And uh, it was supposed to be kind of in and out of the hospital. I was going to be in and out of Kansas at 6 a.m. flight in. 6 p.m. flight out. I was just there to support my grandmother. You know, um, unfortunately, none of the the children for other reasons couldn't be there. Um, And so I thought, hey, you know, this is the first time that I'm not responsible for payroll uh, in the better part of a decade. So I can go do this. I felt like that was Mm -hmm. my duty. Um, That spiraled out of control. um, Just a series of oversights, omissions, mistakes. uh, And, and, Needless to say, I ended up staying there for about 27 days. Okay. I slept at the hospital. I didn't have a change of clothes. 
Um, halfway through, actually, I went back to Chicago and I, I did pick up a bag and, and drove my car back there because I was dedicated. I was going to stay there as long as it took because um, I really did see, you know, sort of the the, the longer term as the, the goal. Um, unfortunately, he did pass away after those, those 27 days. And it was a, a revolutionary moment for me because it, it uh, crystallized sort of my life's mission now for me, which is I've got to keep my friends and family and as many other people out of the hospital as possible. You know, the healthcare system may be the envy of the modern world, mm-hmm. but it's still a horrible place. And the outcomes speak for themselves, unfortunately. Um, but in that process, I had also started to educate myself about how to do that. You know, why does the body age, you know, everything from, you know, the the basics of nutrition, which again, uh, up until that point, I really, you know, had neglected in terms of my own education, all the way down to, you know, cellular senescence and mTOR and all the things <laughs> that now, you know, you can listen to Dr. Rhonda Patrick, and, and these are kind of in vogue concepts, but, you know, four or five years ago, you know, I, I thought I was really deep into this stuff. And, yeah. and that's, uh, that's kind of the, the transformational moment. So how did you then, did you change your diet? Was that the first thing? Was that that experience made you realize that our healthcare system is, is when you finally need it, it is too late and you can't even depend on, depend on it to, to solve the problems that you have. Uh, it does work when it's, when it can work, and I'm not saying that hospitals and surgery and and pharmaceuticals don't play a role in people's lives. It's just that there's so much we can do to prevent ourselves from even getting to that point where we have to rely on this this last ditch effort to save ourselves. Um, so, how did that experience turn you into mm-hmm. this direction towards food? Yeah, well, I, I think the word you used, right, preventative, mm-hmm. was really the the um, conclusion for me, right? We, you know, the, the hospital should be that last resort, but there are so many things that we can do leading up to that moment um, and hopefully delaying it as long as possible and, and hopefully you'll never need a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I had an uncle who successfully battled cancer for a time with a raw vegan diet. Um, he was diagnosed with stage four, you know, get your affairs in order. There's nothing we can do for you here. He didn't accept that and sought out other, um, quote unquote, alternative, uh, means to, to battling cancer and, and found some great success. So I already had kind of an early aperture into some of these ideas, um, but of course, you know, that was back in college and I was arm's length from it and it didn't sink in, I suppose. Um, but when I found myself in the hospital with my grandfather, that was the first place I looked. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of knew back deep down that, you know, our moms have been telling us this for our whole lives, right? Fruits and vegetables are really yeah. good. Um, and so I started reading the China study and, you know, watching all the documentaries and everything while I was in the hospital, which is an environment that really makes those ideas salient. You know, when you're yeah, talking it's... to a doctor about coronary artery yeah. disease and then you're reading about, uh, you know, Esselstyn's take on oil, mm-hmm. like that, it hits you hard. And I remember um, calling up my wife and saying, um, I, I'm pretty sure we can eat lettuce, but for right <laughs> now, 
everything's blacklisted and we're going to selectively opt in to certain food groups as I do a little bit more research and I'll get back to you, you know, (laughs) but it was pretty much an overnight thing. Like I, you know, we went full vegan, um, and at times have oscillated into kind of, you know, more raw. Um, and then, you know, obviously, uh, dabble in the processed stuff as well, but Mm -hmm. that, that was the, the catalyst and it was pretty much overnight. Wow. And so your wife is on board with this? Um, yep. Yeah, since day one. Um, in fact, was probably one of the most important elements to my success in this because she's such a great cook. Mm. Um, she, you know, works more than full time. So it's certainly not her number one priority. But between the two of us, we, you know, make a good team in the kitchen. And uh, she certainly invests a lot more time and energy into that stuff. So it makes it easier on me. Yeah, and I'm going to get a chance to eat some of yeah. this food later today. So. Five-course five meal. Yeah. <laughs> so I get to test that out. So um, that's um, – and did you try to encourage the rest of your family where you now become um, – so what what happened next? I mean, it's interesting that we've all kind of have a story that – or that aha moment when we say it's probably because you watch a documentary, you read a book, or have an experience like that um, – we come to it from different ways, but um, the conclusion most of us have arrived at is that a diet uh, comprised of mostly plant-based foods is going to be great for our health. And if you care about the environment, it's undoubtedly the best thing you can do. Um, and of course, if uh, by doing so, you're also saving mil- billions of animals. So mm. it's a no-brainer. But when you do get into this thing that's changing everything that you have um, – Everything that was familiar, you said, you told your wife, uh, lettuce is okay and we'll figure out what the rest is. You kind of have to then reinvent your idea of food. What was, um, how was that transition? Maybe it was easy. And then what, did you experience some major health benefits of eating plant-based? Were you like, some people claim they they get wings and superpowers. Uh, Was that your story? No wings. Um, Superpowers (laughs) for sure. Um, so again, I've always been kind of a self-experimenter, and uh, uh, so my transformation was a little bit unique. I, I did quarterly and at times monthly mm-hmm. blood draws to kind of see how things were going. <laughs> and my wife and I had very different um, uh, results. So I, I, over the course of you know, called six to twelve weeks, very very short term, um, lost like thirty pounds. Right, it just like fell off. Um, and uh, not intentional. I didn't realize I even needed to lose weight. Um, were you eating healthy? So, if you don't mind, if I ask, were you eating unhealthy before that? Were you like no, burgers no. and fries? And no, absolutely not. I mean, certainly. I mean, we we lived in a Chicago across the street from a, a burger bar, so you know it didn't help. Um, but yeah. from very early on, in in uh, you know, I was a competitive athlete in high school, and so I had um, you know kind of a compulsive. Um, Obsession with self experimenter, <laughs> I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've never really had a bad diet. Um, mm. but relative to a whole plant based diet, of course, it doesn't compare. Got it. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't remember too much in terms of did we, you know, focus on whole grain to this? I wouldn't be the person to talk to in terms of how you should go about your transformation. Mine was pretty manic and, like I say, extreme. Um, but I saw amazing results, uh, you know, weight loss and, you know, perfect blood cholesterol Mm -hmm. dropping, everything like that. Um, my wife didn't actually, she gained weight, Mm -hmm. um, which you don't often hear. And, uh, it took us quite some time and eventually I brought her in to get her blood drawn as well. 
Um, and we figured out that she had a gluten intolerance that had never been diagnosed. And mm. as a result, that's why she um, always kind of struggled a little bit with weight. Um, not just, you know, any uh, major degree, but more so like given the fact that she was so healthy, it didn't mm. make sense that, you know, she kind of had the yo-yo like most Americans. Um, and so, you know, but had all these markers of inflammation and all sorts of crazy stuff. And, and we really had no idea what to do. Um, and so she was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. And the doctor said, hey, don't worry about it. We'll just put you on a, uh, um, you know, a, a, a hormone therapy drug. And it'll right-size everything and no problem. And, you know, so, of course, coming out of the hospital recently, I said, wait, 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 let's just talk about this for a little bit. You right. know? Um, wouldn't that kind of, like, naturally over time suppress her body's, uh, you know, own kind mm-hmm. of hormone secretions and just make it a little bit more wonky? And, and I'll never forget the doctor said, um, oh, yeah, yeah, but don't worry about that. We'll just increase the dose over time as necessary. <laughs> and it's like, wait, wait. <laughs> So she's in her 20s, so you want her to be on a pill for, like, the next, let's hope, 100 years of her life, mm-hmm. and we're just going to keep increasing it as her body, like, shuts down her natural, you know, sort of <laughs> pathways for those hormones. And uh, so I, I, needless to say, didn't really want to do that yeah. and did a deep dive, figured out gluten might be the thing. We tried that and uh, totally, you know, figured it all out. So. Um, I would encourage everyone to to do blood tests and to figure out what works for them. It, they'll be amazed that I think we all have that kind of idiosyncratic thing. Um, and for my uh, transformation, it was great early on. But then over the course of 6 to 12 to 18 months, actually, I had some really crazy blood markers for inflammation and deficiency. Wow. And that's actually you know probably the, the segue you need to get to Alpine Organics because yeah. – that no, was one of the things. I, I do want to pause there and and kind of um, kind of underscore what you just highlighted is that uh, another criticism that we often hear about people who switch their diet from one that is heavy in in animal foods to trying to incorporate more plant based foods or entirely plant based, usually we we hear we only hear the good stories, and that's part of my, I've I've talked about this before. I don't. I don't believe everyone has the same uh, results. So when I alluded to earlier, whether did you grow wings and superpowers, it's because that is almost a mythical thing everyone wants to believe. You watch a documentary about people switching to a plant-based diet, and it almost seems like miraculous. Everything gets fixed, and their skin starts glowing, and all their life problems disappear. And my personal experience wasn't the same either. I had a very different experience on a plant-based diet. Most people I've talked to, some have had those like instant weight loss and instant feeling of energy and well-being. Uh, others have struggled with it. Some people put on weight. Some people actually develop uh, other problems they didn't have before. And and I know largely people who are proponents of a plant-based diet, including us, uh, don't don't talk too much about those stories. And maybe you do, and maybe I've started to in the last couple of years, is because we don't want to scare people away from thinking that what could be the solution uh, is not a one-size-fits-all solution, and that all plant-based diets are also not created equal, and that, yes, there is some truth to the fact that eating plant-based is going to make you feel good, but you can do it in a way that actually could damage your health. And if you're going to eat entirely plant-based, you've got to learn a few basics about uh, nutrition. Mm-hmm. 
So maybe that's the the segue you need. But I just I think it's important to highlight that yeah. because uh, nutrition and and food needs to be customized as much as we can draw broad strokes and claim that that one diet fits everyone. I think that's an intellectually dishonest statement. One diet can never fit everyone. No, agreed. And uh, you're going to piss off a lot of vegans by saying I've that. I've already but... done that So in, in previous episodes, but we'll keep doing this. <laughs> no, but no, I think – and look, the, the point that I always make to bring them back to the table is that um, any diet can be unhealthy. Yeah. You know, um, Needless to say, I think if you want to copy the diet of our paleolithic ancestors, right? Yeah. Um, I would argue that that should be a mostly plant diet. Mm-hmm. Right um, now, it just gets a little bastardized by people who say like, "Oh, well, you know, meat was part of it, and therefore I can eat bacon." And it's like, yeah. "Well, yeah, but if you eat so much bacon that your, you know, heart gets filled up with, you know, <laughs> calcified arteries and plaque, like that's not going to turn out well for you, mm-hmm. even if that was, uh, you know, maybe a historically." somewhat accurate at some point in time, right? So, I don't think they ate bacon. But no, no, in, I know. In the <laughs> times. Uh, no, um, agreed. But, um, and so I think that's why we all have to uh, educate ourselves. It comes back to that yeah. element that we have to understand our bodies. We have to understand food's role. Um, and we also have to understand everything else that, that plays a, uh, you know, a, a huge sort of um, determining factor in, in our longevity and our health span and our, you know, kind of happiness today. Because, um, you know, look at vitamin D. And, and so we'll, we'll finally get into these nutrients that, yeah. that obviously I'm passionate about. Um, you know, that doesn't generally come from, at least historically, food, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. know, our, our bodies synthesize that as a reaction to the sun. Yeah. You know, but as we wear clothes every day, we drive in cars, we work in offices, we live in houses, our exposure to sun is limited. You know, and then you look at kind of the... The northern, um, you know, kind of territories, uh, I think the line is between San Francisco and Miami, right? Mm -hmm. Like just due to the distance between the sun, like that's a factor, right? And then you have winter and cloud cover, right? Like there's just all these different factors that say, you know what, you're probably not getting the vitamin D you need. Mm -hmm. And if you are, you're probably, you know, um, doing undue sort of uh, risking your, um, you know, long-term health due to, uh, you know, cancer and everything mm-hmm. else. So I just think it's it's a complicated thing. And uh, humans, especially this day and age, don't like nuance. We don't yeah. like complication. We just want it to be really, really simple. Like Soylent is a great example. Like <laughs> just, just give me an eight-ounce glass to drink and know that I can check the box like a multivitamin. And yeah. I don't want to know what's in it. I don't care what I'm not getting. Uh, I just want it to be simple. I, and I think there's something to be said about simplicity and just to kind of uh kind of rephrase this for someone who's now think listening to this and thinking so then what am i supposed to eat i don't think there's any uh debate on some fundamentals and you alluded to it earlier that even uh people who promote a healthy paleo diet uh, and I say healthy paleo diet or healthy ancestral diet, um, which doesn't include bacon uh, as your main <laughs> food source, uh, they talk about eating lots of plant-based foods and that you should eat uh, mostly plant-based foods. Maybe they, they differ in opinions from some uh, proponents of a plant-based diet because they exclude all grains. Uh, and of course, they agree on dairy. We agree on dairy too. That That's no use for that in our diet. Um, and it's What's one thing that the ancestral diet also gets right, uh, or the paleo diet, whatever you choose to call it, is that it relies on whole foods. 
So I don't think there's any debate in terms of when it comes to healthy eating, you should eat mostly whole plant-based foods. And uh, here's where people kind of disagree is uh, should you incorporate meat, dairy, and eggs? And if you do, what are the sources of those meat, dairy, and eggs? Or shouldn't, or should you exclude all of them? And that's where you and I and uh, a lot of people we talk about uh, or a feature on this podcast believe in, which is you don't need the meat, dairy, and eggs. You can get it all in mm-hmm. plants. So those fundamentals are simple. Now you take it to the next level, right? And here's where things get a little complicated. The, the folks that say that well, you know, going vegan or going all plant-based is dangerous because uh, the fact is that you've got to be very, uh, you've got to relearn basically food and nutrition, right? You've got to uh, figure out how to complete. So one is the macronutrient thing, which I think is, is frankly been debunked enough of times. There's enough of macronutrients. You get protein, you get carbs, you get fats. There's enough healthy sources for all of that in a plant-based diet. So let's not waste time on that. We've got previous episodes with people like Dr. Michelle McMacken and Brenda Davis. We covered macronutrients in great detail. Please don't compare me to either of those people because they are way smarter in these areas. The, the, and I lean on them for my own education. So. Yeah. So, again, we, you know, we're just trying to break it down that those things are simple. You can eat mostly plant-based or entirely plant-based. You can get all your macronutrients. The next level of criticism on a plant-based diet is, oh, but you uh, – okay, if you get past the protein thing, then it comes to, oh, well, but you, the, the plants are deficient in some very essential micronutrients. Uh, and, of course, the big one being B12. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there's others that we need to think about. And that then becomes a good reason for people to say, don't eat plant-based uh, or don't eat entirely plant-based because now you're going to run the risk of B2, B12 deficiency – you talked about vitamin D, uh, which I think is a problem no matter what you eat. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone needs to care about mm-hmm. vitamin D. And then you have uh, omega-3s and a few other micronutrients. Let's get into that because that maybe is a, is a perfect segue into the next business you started, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is Alpine Organics. You mentioned the name. Um, I guess we kind of know the why for why you started it, but I'll let you you say it in terms of why that company and what is it that you've done so far and what it is that you're attempting to do uh, with that business. Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, you know, that, that is a company that I started with Matt Frazier, founder of No Meat Athlete. and Great podcaster, too. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, he is. And, uh, and, and just a super smart guy when it comes to nutrition and everything else. So him and I clicked around this stuff because... Like I said, I actually, you know, after six, 18, uh, yeah, six months, 12 months, 18 months, I don't know when it started going wrong, but I found some markers of inflammation in my, in my blood uh, panel and, you know, I had no idea, right? Because mm-hmm. I had, you know, sort of uh, definitely drinking the Kool-Aid by that point and believed that as long as I was eating a diverse set of whole plants on a daily basis, I was fine, right? So I didn't supplement at all, didn't believe you needed to. And so I had to kind of re-engage with the literature and really kind of understand the micronutrient question because I, I thought I've got to be doing this wrong, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I over many months of self-experimentation, I was able to kind of balance those markers out um, through some different very sort of targeted supplements. Um, and uh, I obviously call it complementing, right, mm-hmm. because the – the missing nutrients, as I as it were for my diet, were 
vitamin D, um, B12, and then two uh, long-chain omegas, which is EPA and DHA. Um, and so just a, a quick jaunt, you know, B12, obviously, we've all heard about, you know, ruminids like cows, they eat dirt, they deposit the B12 from the soil bacteria, therefore, in their meat tissues. And then if you eat them, right, you're, you're going to get low doses of B12. But even with that, you know, because we've degraded our soil so significantly over time, there are plenty of carnivores out there that are B12. I mean, my uncle is one of them. B12 deficient, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think that you can kind of categorically say if you eat a whole plant-based diet, you know, you're, you're definitely going to be deficient. And that's an issue with the vegan lifestyle. I, I actually think that, again, it just comes back to sort of nuance and understanding that you just have to be kind of thoughtful about what you're getting and what you're not getting and how to get those missing things and how to check to make sure that you're kind of rounding out your plate, both in a macro and a micronutrient sense. Um, so B12, I think, is super important. And then uh, the omega-3s, again, I just you know didn't think about it, right? And I heard about flax and walnuts and chia seeds, and I just thought that I was checking that box. Um, but as it turns out, those are forms of ALA uh, omegas, and uh, EPA and DHA are different. They came from sea vegetables or algae, mm -hmm. right? And so unless... You know, for most Western cultures, we are not eating nearly enough kombu or, or hiziki or kelp to actually intake enough DHA and EPA in whole food form. Um, someone can argue against that. I'm sure they'll win. But for me, you know, it, it is a it's a fatty acid, mm -hmm. right? And and seaweed is an extraordinarily healthy thing. And as most people know, there's not a lot of fat in it. Yeah. So you have to eat copious amounts of this stuff in order to derive the sort of daily um, recommended dose of an EPA or DHA. So for me, it was, you know, kind of necessary to supplement with those three things. But I always found it, you know, kind of insanely expensive because if you get high quality supplements, the price tag starts going up. Um, and also it's just annoying because, you know, I was getting one in a dropper and one was a, you know, a pill and all these different things. And it's just I thought to myself, you know, those three things should just be in one bottle, you know, mm -hmm. because every single vegan, every plant-based person, perhaps every person mm -hmm. should be complementing with those things. And the, and the reason for complement is you believe that you should be getting uh, your nutrients with your food. Yes. That should be your first yes. goal. Thank you. E eat healthy food so you can get all the nutrients that you need. But there are some missing, and as you, you mentioned, it's missing either because you choose to eat um, entirely plant-based or, or it's missing because most – actually, the Western diet tends to be stripped of a lot of these nutrients uh, because of various reasons, including soil as well as the fact that people are eating mostly processed foods. Mm -hmm. um, that if you're eating them fortified, maybe you're getting them, but most likely you won't. Um, so that's why you, you, you call it complement. Right, because, exactly. Uh, okay. Thank you. So you have your essential you know, vitamins and minerals. And actually, I think that if, if you're not eating a whole plant diet, mm -hmm. you're probably in need of many, many more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, true. to be very clear, this is designed for the people who are deriving those uh, essential vitamins like A, C, K, right? Yeah. From their whole plant, right? Because I think if you're eating a vibrant diet of fruits, vegetables, seeds, legumes, etc. Um, you're getting everything you need in, in almost every way. And thus, you know, you just need to complement those with these three that might be missing or might not be um, as, as readily available, if you will. Um, 
Yeah, so so over dinner with Matt Fraser one night, we were talking about this stuff and said, yeah, it is kind of a no-brainer. Why isn't that in a bottle? And mm-hmm. and then we decided to make it a spray so that you could literally complement your salad or you can complement your smoothie or you can complement your you know, Beyond Burger if you wanted to, right? Um, <laughs> although we don't recommend heating it because like any other nutrient, it degrades mm-hmm. the quality. Um, but again, so can you six explain sprays. the product? So it's like a liquid yep, in little, a bottle. Yep, a little liquid bottle and and uh, six sprays of it. I'm holding it in my hand actually, and uh, it's a beautiful bottle. I think there's a little puzzle piece that <laughs> fills out the the leaf, right? So it's like it's that missing piece, and, uh, and you can spray it directly in your mouth. It it has a pretty um, bland taste. I think we didn't want to load it up with glycerin or sugars or flavors. There's absolutely no preservatives, no, you know, artificial anything, no chemicals. So you have to refrigerate it, you know, and we get a lot of we get a lot of feedback that says, you know, hey, I hate that you have to refrigerate. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's like high quality nutrients. And yeah. like, just like any fruit and vegetable that you want to keep over the course of time, like you got to keep it cold, you know. And, and that was really important to us because, you know, Matt gives it to his two little children who are beautiful and amazing and that's a whole nother story um and uh you know i my whole family takes this i take it my pregnant wife takes it right so we really did invest a whole lot of time to make sure that you could spray it in your mouth and it didn't taste horrible Mm. which you know sometimes seaweed and algae can have a, a fishy taste because you know we associate that with fish when in fact actually you know Really, what you're tasting is the algae that the fish ate, and yeah. that happens to color, you know, that that palate. Um, but we really kind of wanted to make this as clean and, you know, as confident as we wanted to be giving it to our families. Yeah. So I mean, I obviously I think the idea is interesting, and uh, it, it's a product that is needed. Um, and when I heard about it, obviously I felt like we needed to we start talking more because I think that this word needs to get out there that. Uh, there's ways to round out your diet, and this is one of those things. Of course, first teach people how to eat healthy, uh, and when they when they do that, they can they can take it and they can miss they can finish off the missing ingredients uh, with the help of a, of a product like that. But at the same time, as excited I was to hear about a product like this existing out there, because I I get my uh, um, supplements through multiple sources, um, so make sure that they're good quality and to make sure that. Um, the the sourcing of the ingredients also is um, is something that I would be interested in putting in my body in the first place. Um, and generally, supplements have a bad rap, right? There's mm-hmm. like a billion supplement companies out there. Everyone's trying to basically sell you something in a pill or a bottle that is going to promise some sort of health benefits that, uh, of course... Uh, it really depends. We don't know half of the time if supplements are well helping us or we're just paying for uh, to to get a placebo effect. Agreed. Um, and I'm sure you probably thought of that too. Uh, you didn't come from the space, and and I'm sure you when you first went plant based and and with your entrepreneurial background, well, you weren't necessarily thinking I now want to join the bunch of supplement salesmen out there. So what makes this different, like in terms of ingredients, in terms of um, the product itself, besides what you just said in terms of having a pretty clean ingredient label, you don't have any additives, uh, flavoring agents, you don't have any sugars, none of that stuff. But what did you do from a product yeah. development standpoint to make sure that someone like me would say, yeah, I think I'm going to try that? Well, I think it's an, 
Absolutely important question. And uh, yeah, I I didn't want to be a supplement salesman. In fact, I, I'm not, right? We don't market this. Um, you know, in many ways, we created this for ourselves, for our family. This has been driven, you know, purely by word of mouth. And, and that's just because um, I, I started to tell this story, but, you know, I had some crazy markers of inflammation. I was diagnosed with uh, rheumatoid-like inflammation, which essentially means that the doctor needed to send me to a rheumatologist to actually, you know, wow. say that I, you know, was on a, a very bad path. Um, and through, you know, adding these different elements to my diet, you know, I was able to totally reverse that. And, you know, years in, I'm, you know, continue to never have any issues like that. And so really for us, we had heard so many times, you know, I, this Uber driver, I, I can always remember, you know, he was an 11 year vegan and he mm. went to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, that's terrible for your health. You really need to take uh, fish oil capsules. And he went home and he took a fish oil capsule and he says it was like a veil had been lifted. You know, he had so much energy and he could like think clearly again. And and so he was like, all right, well, if that's what fish oil does for me, like I wonder what red meat would do. You know, and I'm sure the injection of heme iron was enough to like make him flip a car over. So, <laughs> you know, he, he never went back, right? Okay. And he's not a vegan anymore. Mm. And that really resonated with me because I thought for the long-term health of this community – right, the growth of this movement, we really got to make sure that people understand that, like, you can be unhealthy and mm -hmm. a vegan at the same time. And that was really kind of the mission behind creating this. We just want to get the word out. And I don't care if you buy compliment, I, you know, um, Dr. Furman has a great uh, product. Um, it doesn't, you know, combine these particular nutrients, but you can get DHA and EPA from him. There's other great sources of people. I'm, you know, again, I'm happy to give Dr. Furman business, you know, <laughs> I just want people to take this stuff, you know, because otherwise we're going to lose people in the long run. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, you know, product safety and everything else, you know, I, I can just say that um, I visited tons of uh, manufacturing facilities. I interviewed scientists. I've, you know, literally, Again, because I'm a bit manic and, and extremely um, demanding in terms of what goes into my body. And so I wanted to have that sort of confidence because, again, I, I, I was taking these things from different areas. And I just thought, look, we can put this into one bottle and make it simple. We can probably get higher quality nutrients mm -hmm. um, and we can make it cheaper for people. So why wouldn't we do that? But yeah. We haven't really created much of a business around it, to be totally frank. You know, um, we focus a lot on no meat athlete and and other projects, and and this was really just you know, again, kind of the growth has been absolutely surprising because it's just word of mouth. Yeah, which tells you that it's a product that's needed and uh, missing, which I think is always interesting. I like it when people can find something that uh, doesn't exist out there, and by virtue of just it existing, uh, it starts to work out and people start to hear about it and then they start buying it. Um, I also like the point that you mentioned that um, if you literally think about the long-term viability of um, fixing our food system, changing the way people eat, fixing our health crisis, it is important to be uh, transparent and frank about the fact that you need these added nutrients if you're if you want in the modern age if you want to be healthy eating um a predominantly plant-based diet or entirely vegan diet whatever you want to call it and i think that's we i think shied away back to my earlier point for years trying to say that just just go vegan and uh, that's it 
mm-hmm. you don't you figure out the rest on your own um and i think there's a danger in that and i've even questioned a lot of people who are developing products cp you know packaged foods in the plant based space to say that if we don't start making these foods healthy or at least starting to think about how we can incorporate um health into those products eventually we're going to end up in a place uh, years from now where people are eating mostly plant-based food or we've got a huge portion of our population that's gone uh, entirely plant-based. But now they're going to have other problems because the foods that they're eating, uh, whether in packaged form or otherwise, are devoid of some essential nutrients or include some terrible added ingredients that mm-hmm. are not good for you. So uh, what I like about the existence of a product like this or even the the fact that we're having this conversation is that we're acknowledging that we don't live in a perfect world and that uh no diet is perfect mm-hmm. and that's the fundamental if there's one message that we can get across i think that's important and we've got to of course customize diet for people but then be able to i was going to say supplement but i'm going to say complement complement that healthy way of eating uh or individualized customized way of eating with the uh, added nutrients um so basically what I'm saying is I think uh, it makes sense why this exists. I do have a question on um on the nutrition part of it in terms of the nutrients. And in my research I found that besides these three big ones um and and this is not exclusive to just those who eat plant-based, there are some other nutrients that are um generally a problem um mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in a healthy diet. Uh, some because they uh, they are not easily absorbed from plants. Uh, zinc is an example. Others because uh, we just don't get it enough in a Western diet. What are your thoughts on those? Is that are you heading in a direction where you're trying to? Uh, and I'm sure you've done some research on all of this. So what what are your general thoughts on that? Yeah. So. Great question, um, and uh, it's uh, you know as if we planned this because we're actually rolling out a product with those three additional nutrients in there, including magnesium and and selenium. Um, and, and the reason is is because it's entirely consistent with this philosophy that was behind Complement. And as you say, right, iodine. It's another you know you can easily get it from iodized salt or mm. from cranberries, right? But you know a lot of people don't want to put iodized salt on all their food, and hypertensive people can't um, or shouldn't. And uh, so there's lots of different nuances again that that kind of of why those are are difficult to absorb. You know zinc, right? You have phytate, so you can you know soak your your beans, right? Um, you you can do a lot sprouted. You know grains um, to reduce the phytate content and therefore maximize absorption of zinc, but a lot of people also just want to take that that uh, the the easier road, the more um, in in some ways a, a safer way to go about it because you can just guarantee that you don't have to take it every day, maybe every other day, but you get that that little bit of absorption because you don't have the phytate blocking issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then K two is really interesting; it's another bacterially derived like B twelve. So unless, you know, there's a dish called natto. It's a Japanese fermented dish. Um, Delicious. No, it's not. <laughs> I was going to say, the, the taste and smell has been likened to rotten shoe level, le- leather. I have not, I've been meaning to do it for dirty so long. Dirty socks or dirty yeah, socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've, been, I've been meaning to do it for so long, and I've not yet uh, actually had natto. Um, but, you know, K2 is another big one. I, I currently don't supplement with those things. I just use complement. But, again, there's a lot of people who don't want to go through the the rigmarole that I do in terms mm. of sprouting and soaking and this and that, um, and so for those folks, we we wanted to put the full package together and and get you know what we think to be, 
you know, the things that are, are not readily available or not easily absorbed from mm. a whole plant diet all into all into one. Um, and K2, I can't emphasize, is, is so important. You know, the science is, is really, really new. Um, we're still learning a lot, but, you know, it's very clear that the management of calcium in your body, mm. you know, is, is directly kind of correlated with K2. Mm. And so pulling, you know, that calcium out of the soft tissues like your brain and arteries and into the hard tissues like your bones and teeth where mm. you want it is really, really important. And K2 plays an absolutely pivotal role in that. So, again, I would just encourage anyone listening to, you know, first and foremost, get a blood test you know, engage with a licensed, competent professional to help you, you know, figure out what makes sense for you and educate yourself. You know, I wrote a, uh, you know, (laughs) it's like a 10,000 word essay on all of these nutrients on No Meat Athlete. Um, I think it's called More Than B12. And, uh, and it was to to kind of go into some of these details and educate this community, because that's really all we're about, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's um, it's it's fascinating that you're thinking. I supp- I supplement some of these things. I I do take K two. Once I read the fact that K two helps with uh, taking calcium away from places it doesn't belong and to places where it should be, um, I was sold. It, I wouldn't say that it is something I take on a daily basis, but it's one of those things. If you open my uh, my supplement cabinet, which is full of interesting things, uh, you will find K two moringa flower and ashwagandha, cordyceps, mane, all yeah. of it, all of it. I, um, it's getting crazy. I know it is. It is fun and uh, and, and very expensive, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I so I do. You mentioned that you haven't really done much work to market the company. Uh, what success have you had so far, not just in terms of uh, sales, but in terms of people actually trying? I, I do want to hear about sales, too, in terms of the growth of the business. But more importantly, have people tried this and seen results or changes? Have you had, has anyone shared some of their own health journey with you? Mm-hmm. Like m- Maybe that can prove that this is actually something people need and works. Yeah, definitely. You know, we do independent lab testing and all the rest, but definitely the most uh, reassuring and inspiring thing for me is how many people send us their blood results, mm-hmm. right? And they say like, oh, look, it's working. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, it is vitamin D. So therefore you would imagine that your, you know, your your 25-hydroxy-D, you know, uh, test is coming back positively. But it is incredible to see that. And in particular, you know, how many people kind of thank us for like letting them know this because they, you know, were so worried they were heading down that path or their kids, right? They, Their kids wouldn't take um, pills, right? They wouldn't swallow pills. And now they can, you know, which is what Matt Frazier does, a few squirts of this in their kids' juice in the morning mm. and they never notice a difference, you know? Yeah. And so it's it's so rewarding to hear that stuff. And then you get people obviously who send you know, long sort of personal journeys and pictures. Um, you know, the last one was a, a woman named Michelle, and uh, it's just an incredible story. Her and her husband have lost a combined 150 pounds in six months, you know, following a whole plant-based diet and obviously using Compliment, although Compliment certainly was not the reason for weight loss. We are not promising that, <laughs> you know. Um, You're not saying that you only need Compliment and no food. Yeah. Okay. Let's no, be clear no. on that. Again, okay. you have to compliment, <laughs> compliment, right? There's there's the bulk of the, you know, whatever it is, 27 vitamin and minerals that are absolutely essential and then these these couple that are missing. Yeah. So you got to you got to balance it out. You got to get both and we're certainly advocating for people to to just be a little bit more thoughtful about that. 
Cool. And uh, how's the company doing? I mean, it's uh, fairly new, maybe yeah. a little over d a year. Despite our best efforts, it is growing like a weed. <laughs> wow. We're not, uh, again, we, we've not put any dollars towards marketing. We, um, you know, Matt, myself, and uh, a brilliant guy named Jerry Sever are, are the ones operating it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we do the customer service, we do the fulfillment. It's all kind of you know, uh, managed by the three of us and, uh, and, you know, yet we're, we're growing, you know, mm. quite rapidly. And so, you know, fingers crossed, it's just word of mouth and a few podcasts like this. Yeah. So what's your next step with, uh, Alpine? So Alpine Organics is the company complements the product that you have now. Uh, it sounds like there's another one coming. Uh, where do you see this, this company going and where do you see yourself fitting into this, um, this entire world of food and, uh, nutrition? You know, that, that's a it's great a question. question it's yeah. a great question, and I wish I had a succinct answer. You know, like I said, I my North Star is very clear. You know, I want to keep people out of the hospital, mm -hmm. you know, and therefore preventative uh, measures, uh, lifestyle medicine, whatever you want to call it, those are the things that I really focus on. Um, I obviously believe that products like Complement and many others that we have in our minds and, and the long pipeline of of new ideas that we want to release, um, th that plays a role. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, education and helping people change their habits because it is so difficult, right? It doesn't matter if it's an eating habit or an exercise habit or, you know, a good habit or a bad habit. I mean, habits are sticky, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and helping people to embrace, you know, a lifestyle that um, is a little bit more, I think, uh, effective, if you will, in terms of keeping people out of the hospital and also maximizing health span longevity. And so that's really where I'm focused. And I think we have some big plans that uh, that I'm excited to, to talk more about in the coming months. But I think I, I have to leave it there. Great. And if you let me ask you a more longer term question there, where you don't have to get into specifics, but more into like, what is your... Uh And you look ahead, right? Say, let's look ahead, uh, and I give the year 2050, uh, 32 years from now. We're in 2018 right now, so I did the math right for a change. Uh, what, uh, if we do succeed and we do uh, get, if you succeed in your mission, which I think is very clear, you really were drawn to this space, to food and nutrition, because of your own journey with your family, uh, what your uncle faced, as well as your grandfather, Uh, and it became personal for you, and you've been on this new mission for the last few years. If we can get more and more people to eat more plant-based foods, if we can teach people about nutrition, if we can actually, you know, going back to our earlier point about education, find ways to teach kids about these things early on where we don't have to reach a point where you are in your uh, 30s or 40s and then suddenly facing health problems – If the work that a lot of people in this movement are doing succeeds, like what is your vision for the years 2050, 32 years from now? <laughs> what kind of world do you envision if we do get it right, not wrong? Hmm. Well, we have to get it right, right? I mean, that's that's the uh, that's the imperative. There is no other option. You know, failure is not an option, both environmentally and also when you look at the the health trends, the trajectory that we are on as a as a nation, but also as a global society, mm -hmm. right? We're really facing a precipice in so many ways. You know, I mean, not to, you can zero in on deforestation and it's just a, an incredibly bleak picture. You know, or you look at obesity rates with, I think it's like 74% of the U.S. is overweight or obese. Um, I think it's like 30% for kids. 
So one in three kids is, is dealing with an incredible burden. You know, we have to solve this. So it's not much, you know, if, it's, it's, a, it's a when for me. Um, and my personal goal is actually to see uh, 30% of the nation go plant-based by 2030. Um, so it's, a, I call it the 30 by 30 initiative. It's just a side project or a, really it's just a line in the sand because I'm not really <laughs> investing too much into it except for a cool video at, you know, 30x30.org. Um, but I really think that, you know, what what the world is going to look like. So that's a great question. And I, I think it'll be rainbows and butterflies and there will not be cruelty. And all of our kids will learn both to balance a checkbook as well as how to fill their plate with incredible, vibrant nutrients uh, on every one of their meals. Yeah. And hopefully we learn how to treat each other kindly uh, and be better humans, too. So um, it's a, I like how you tied it back to the first point. Um, but no, that's a world we all are working for. So um, first and foremost, uh, thank you for the time today and for your insights. Uh, I feel like an hour wasn't enough to go into a lot more than we were anticipating to get into. Um, thank you for uh, making this my first podcast recording in the outdoors, uh, where I actually managed to wear sunglasses through the entire recording, which is which is great. I could do that indoors, but that would look really <laughs> stupid. Um, you wouldn't be the first person to do that. <laughs> I know. Um, and you know, thanks for the for the work you're doing and and for sharing it with our listeners. And uh, and we'll have a lot of these links that, to stuff that you mentioned in our show notes. And uh, and hopefully we can get people to try compliment and uh, encourage and inspire more people to eat the way that we as an entire nation, as a planet, need to eat to make sure that we'll get to that point in 2050 with uh, rainbows and butterflies, as you put it. <laughs> well, my turn now. Thank you for the work you're doing and, and likewise the opportunity to, to share this story. Um, you know, again, I, I don't care if people buy this product. I just care that they're being thoughtful and educated in their decisions in terms of the nutrients that they're they're eating in food form and supplemental form, you know, getting sunshine and all the rest. So, so I really appreciate the the platform that you're providing to to get this message out. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. You've been listening to Eat for the Planet with Nil Zacharias. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to show your support, please subscribe to the show and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about how Eat for the Planet can help your brand or organization develop the right strategy, implement scalable operations, and grow responsibly, visit EFTP.co. That's EFTP.co. Let's rise up to the challenge of transforming our food system. Thank you for listening. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.